Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week are David and Calvin to talk about the win over Dundee United. We look at how the club fared in the transfer market over summer. Talk about fan ownership. And we preview Hibs on Sunday. How are we all this week, guys? Ah, very well, very well. Yourself? Yeah, fine. Yeah, just recovering after that Scotland game yesterday. It was uh, it was like watching Hearts. Mm, I think Scotland create a wee bit more chances than what Hearts do, to be fair. To be fair, we were discussing this uh, last night, and I do happen to agree with you, but um, we just can't seem to stick the ball in the back of the net, especially last night. But no. we're not here to talk about Scotland. We're here to talk about Hearts. It's been quite a big few weeks for Hearts. Obviously, we won 2-0 against Dundee United um, last Saturday, two Saturdays ago. Um, Gordon, you were there. I mean, was it a good performance from, from Hearts, considering it was a away game? Um, yeah, I think it was a sort of performance required when you go away from home in the Premiership. I mean, if you're not at it, teams will generally punish you. And I thought, for the first 65 minutes anyway, I thought Hearts were really good. Um, probably weren't maybe as clinical as what they, they should have been. Um, could have maybe moved the ball a little bit quicker for me, but I think our general tempo was all right. I thought we 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 made some good passes. We were getting into decent positions, and uh, and Dundee United didn't didn't lay a glove on us for that first sixty five minutes. You know, I mean, I think if we had got the second goal, we probably would have went on and maybe won by three four uh, nil. Um, but obviously, the longer it remains one nil, you you give Dundee United that that bit of. Um, hope that they can get back into the game and, and the game kind of swung a little bit when they started to gamble a little bit more but um, I, I thought you know certainly uh, Hearts hearts were a little bit wasteful you know I thought we Haring in particular missed two absolute sitters for me um, if he puts even one of them away it's a, it's a far more comfortable um, afternoon for us but listen overall we deserve to win the game um, as I said Dundee United had a little bit of a 10-15 minute spell in the second half but that, that, that was about the only time that, that they threatened us, really. You know, I've, I've read some comments that United fans thought they were hard done to, but, you know, in terms of the overall game, Hearts were the better side and deserved to win the game. Um, I just I just wish we'd maybe scored at the start of the second half and then it, it really would have been interesting to see how many we could have scored. But um, overall, to, to go away from home, score two goals, keep a clean sheet and um, and a very effective performance is what you want to see from, from Hearts. Makes a difference as well, Calvin, that you can actually go to the game and then soak up the atmosphere as well. Yeah, oh, it was brilliant. It's probably up there with one of my favourite Hearts away days. Obviously, I'm not including Easter Road on that because it's not really an away day. But I don't know if it's just how much it had been that long since we could go. The fact that the weather was brilliant, the fact that it was a full, it wasn't a full Hearts end, but being behind the goals, I think, made the difference as well. I think compared to being in that sort of stand at the side, you never really get that good atmosphere up the time of this. But having everyone packed in that shed behind the goal really made with the difference and everyone there seemed up for it from before the game even started it was it was quite bouncing and then as we started and as Gordon saying the first 65-70 minutes I thought we were excellent it's almost as a complete away performance as you could you could kind of hope for if we'd scored a couple more goals it would have been a more enjoyable afternoon in that sense but we'd completely dictated the play controlled the ball they, they didn't have a sniff till that sort of last 15 minutes 15-20 minutes when they did they did put the pressure on then but no, I thought the crowd was excellent. I thought everyone there from first minute to last minute just, I mean, I had a great time. I just really enjoyed it. It was great just being back. Like, I mean, I love away games generally, but that was just, it felt something, it felt something else. Just, I think just the whole, everyone surrounding it. See, the time it's been, the weather, the fact that I was meeting some of my pals that I've not seen for a while, that one of them lives up in Aberdeen, so it was quite an easy game to meet him sort of on the way up as well. Um, that was great. I really enjoyed it. And Hearts winning at a ground that I've seen us win once at in 10 years. And it was quite an assured performance, David, as well. A 2-0 win. I'm giving Craig Gordon did have a few saves to make, but, you know, it, it was a sort of Robbie Nielsen-type performance in the Premiership. Yeah, it was um, It was overall, as, as the lads kind of mentioned there, you know, it was, it was as close to as good a away performance as you could really hope for, um, especially given the, the woes that we've had to endure over the past few years of watching Hearts away from home. Um, and, you know, it's... It, <laughs> you would be foolish to think that Dundee United wouldn't have any chances in the game. You know, they're always going to get opportunities. That's just how the game works. But there wasn't really anything. It wasn't really, you know, glaring or, you know, guilt-edged chances that they really had. It was kind of, you know, 
free kicks and shots from 25 yards. And, you know, I think it was just the one header they had. Um, and Gordon makes a phenomenal save, as, as you kind of get to expect, you know, um, with the man, uh, our captain, showing us the way. Because um, I think uh, the past five seasons, before, I think all those shots would have probably found the back of the net. Um, so that's always nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the... It's what you want to see Hearts do away from home, and, and especially at grounds where, over the years, as, as, as Calvin's mentioned, you know, we, we, we struggle there from time to time um, um, in saying that. There's not many grounds that Hearts really do have a greater record away from home. Um, but, yeah, I think if, you know, it's we want really to see that um, over the next few away games, and I think we've got, a, you know, what next away game is Ross County. I'd expect a similar performance up there. Um, and, you know, it's, especially when uh, you've got, what two and a half thousand hearts fans going you know as, you, as, as long as you're getting results away from home folk are going to keep backing you uh, and when you get like like the lad said if you're getting big following big crowds big atmospheres like that away from home it can only stand uh, the team in good stead um so yeah it was it was brilliant and you know obviously we'll, we'll allude to the bigger games coming up over the next couple of weeks but it's what you want to see especially away from home and, and kind of what you'd expect from a nielsen side um for sure it was um it was as good as a away support I've seen from Hearts for a long long time, in terms of how vocal and and excited they were. You know I think we've over the last few years, although we've always took good numbers, I think we've we've always turned up to the games in bad moods, and um, and I think there's been reasons for that. But um I think there was something felt a little bit different even before you you turned up at the ground, um as Calvin said, you know there was there was fans outside singing before we even got in. Um, so, you know, when when you arrive at an away day, and you kind of you hear the the fans, you all, you you kind of already know it's going to be your day, and I think it I think that's how you know I think that's how the old firm half the time went away from home is because of their support, you know, it gives them that extra kind of boost to to go in and get a result, and when you've got a big traveling support of two thousand who are noisy and and back the team for the very first minute, you see the impact it has on on the team. Um, and, and you know, and the, the home side as well, you know, the Dundee United fans were very quiet, although they had a good turnout. Um, you would have thought that they would have been up for it because the fact that, you know, they've just had two fantastic results at home at Rangers and then obviously at home at St Johnston. But, you know, I was really surprised at, at how kind of, and I don't know if it was if it was because our game was just forcing them to play like that or, or that was just generally how they're going to be a hot and cold side. But, um, I mean, we 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 there was a Dundee United fan in front of us yesterday queuing to get in a Hamden, and and he kind of made a comment that as if they were sort of robbed, and I was like, no, nah, I, I disagree with that completely. I, I think, you know, I mean, everyone will always have their own tainted glasses on, but they done nothing for sixty five minutes. They they really didn't, and yeah, they 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 had maybe three four shots at goal, but they're all saves that you would expect Craig Gordon to make. I mean, yeah, they're good saves, but they're still saves that you would expect him to, to pull out. You know, if he was beaten for any of those, you would be disappointed with him. Um, so they are, for me, they're just routine saves for him to make. Um, but w- wherever you go um, in the league, there's always going to be teams that will have chances against you, but it's how you hold out. And, you know, there was that little storm that Hearts had to weather, and, and they've done it well. They stood up to it. And um, I think we've, we've said plenty of times this season that, the, the fine margins, I think, will be how good um, teams away form is because I think most teams will get results at home. Um, certainly teams challenging to get into Europe, you know, your Hibs, Aberdeens, um, they'll, you would imagine that, that they too, their home form will be pretty good and, and you would expect ours to be the same. I think, depending on who's going to finish third, I think it will come down to their away form and, and who can actually pick up the, the most results and Already we've went to to St Mirren and Dundee United and and won um, Aberdeen. You know they've they they won at Livingston, but um, I'm sure they've have they dropped points on the road already. I think I'm, I might be right in saying they've dropped points to us. Yeah, that's right, Ten Castle, of course. But but still, you know what I mean. I think I think teams away from home this season. Um, I don't know who. I mean, obviously Hibs have had maybe only one away game so far. I think, and that was at uh, Motherwell. Um, Dens Park as well, the drop points. There. Dens, yeah, they drop points there. That's, that's what I'm thinking of. So that already, you know, is we, we've got a, a wee advantage on them already. The fact that both of us have turned up, at, you know, in the City of Discovery and, and we've left with three and they've only left with a point. Um, 
So I think I think it'll be key this season um, how many away points you get. And we've already went to two tough grounds and got six points. So I think we've got to be encouraged by that. It is an encouraging start for Hearts, isn't it? Considering the, the, the games we have had. Yeah, oh, it's been a brilliant start from Hearts. I was just going to say there, I've got a, a bit of trivia for, some, for us. The, that's the first away one in the Premiership we've seen in person outside Edinburgh since March 2019. So two and a half years since any of us last witnessed an away victory outside of Edinburgh. <laughs> which is pretty shambolic, but it's great to finally do it. Um, but yeah, sorry, back to your point. The, the, um, when I seen the fixtures released and I seen what we had, I said, this is going to go one of two ways. Like the pressure was already on Nielsen because of how things went last season. It could have been an absolute disaster. I mean, set, uh, first first three home games, set like Aberdeen, Hibs, three of your top four, um, and two away games. I mean, like David was saying earlier, like our away form, you pick any ground in the country and go, well, we're shocking there, but those two in particular, obviously, I think each of them has been 1 1 in the last decade at both St. Mirren Park and Dundee United. So I was looking at it going, like, this could this could be an absolute disaster, but we've done really well. And now, because we've got a lot of tough games out of the way, we now have quite, after the Hibs game, because that's obviously Derby takes care of itself, but after the Hibs game, like, we've got a fairly decent run of results, a fairly decent run of home games that you would say are against the sort of, hate to use the term lesser size, but winnable home games, so like games you would expect us going on. We've got Livingston and then Motherwell at home, and Ross County away in the middle of that. You're looking realistic there for seven or nine points. And that, that puts us on a really good standing for the start of the season to just take through the rest of the season when, you know, fixtures start getting tighter, you, you start losing players to injuries and stuff. And we've got a really good foundation to build on because as we all know, the season we went down, the start to the season is what killed us because we actually had, on paper, we had quite an easy start to the season um, and we took two points out of 12 and we just never, we never really got going after that at all. Um, whereas this is the opposite. We've, we've built a really good foundation to go, and, to go and build on. I mean, we've already won, I think that season we won four games in the Premier League altogether. This season we've already won three. And we're only four games in, so it gives you a, gives you a very good standing to go and to go and actually do something. Now, like I say, we're a good run of, I think, aside from Rangers away, We've got a very, very good run of, run of fixtures right up till December now. So we really should be looking to kick on and get ourselves cemented up the top of the league and just see where we can go from there. Especially when you look at, uh, you know, folk talking about Hibs and Aberdeen being of the same kind of ilk as hearts this season. And yet, you know, albeit Hibs have the same amount of points enough, but they've had a, a, a lot easier start to the season than us, as well as Aberdeen. They've dropped points to County at home as well as us away. Uh, although, as Gordon mentioned, they were probably delighted with that, considering their record at Tynecastle. Um, so, yeah, we really should be um, going into every game now with confidence. And, you know, even as we kind of alluded to, it, Rangers away as well, you know, that's probably the, the spanner in the works and, and with all the, the, the kind of run we have up until that kind of Christmas time. Um, you know, if they continue the way they're playing, you'd, you'd have to say that you could you could see Hearts taking a point there, so not to get too ahead of ourselves. You know, I've only seen us draw there once and it was nil-nil. Um, and my record there is terrible. I think if I don't go, we might win. So I might uh, consider that uh, at the time. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Hearts should be going into every game now, home or away, uh, with confidence in the fact that they can go and do something. Um, and it's probably been a while that we can say that about Hearts team, but I think this is it's definitely down to the spine of the team we have now. It's solid enough that, especially away from home, you don't see us really conceding big chances. Uh, like I said about Dundee United, they really didn't have like a proper like a one-on-one or a really guilt-edged chance. It was all kind of long-range shots and set pieces that kind of bounced in their favour. So, yeah, we can only really go from strength to strength. And obviously, the Derby, a huge game. If we can come out of that with three points, you know, the confidence must be through the roof. It must be sky high, and you'd be you'd be um, putting money on Hearts after, uh, to win most games. Then from from then up until Christmas. Talked a bit there about the, the spine of the team, David. Do you think do you think we've signed the right players during this window? Do you think we've had a good window? I think that goes without saying. I think that's one of the best windows we've had for for a number of years. Um, clearly, every signing so far seems to be a, a big hit. Um, you know, we're, we're probably maybe one or two light, but I'd rather be one or two light with the players you've got in being of top quality rather than signing too many in all positions and them all being crap, which is, you know, how it's been for the past few years. So, yeah, I mean, give credit to Joe Savage. It's been a phenomenal window. Um, every player seems to, to, to have hit the ground running as well. You know, I think Benny's the, the clear standout, you know, 
chucked in against a big game against Celtic with minimal training and, and was best one of the best players on the park. Um, and, you know, really excited to see Cammy Devlin as well. Um, not sure if he'll start against Hibs on, on, on Sunday, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't put it past Nielsen to, to throw him in there because I think it looks like he's the type of player that would probably thrive on a game like that. Huge amounts of energy, massive engine, can run about for days, would put tackles in. So maybe what you need in a derby, especially at Tynecastle, um, to get the fans going. Um, but yeah, I think you know overall, no no Hearts fan can say they've looked can say that this window has been anything but uh, a huge success. And like I said previously, it's not something that we've been able to say for a while. Yeah, I mean that's listen, it's it's been a good window, but um, time will tell. You know, I think we've we've came away from previous transfer windows uh, all giddy of our signings, and then eighteen months later relegated. So. Um, no, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen on, on this occasion. I mean, you can already see by the, the, the players that have come in and the quality and, and the pedigree and, and the background that they come from, that um, these are players that have the potential to come in, do a really good job for Hearts and then potentially could be sold on. And I think, you know, it's something that I've been screaming about for, for a long time is that's the way we have to do our business. You know, we need to um, find players that, that we can come in and we can develop and then we can sell on. And if we get, if we get a good run of doing that, then it'll take the club forward, and um, and that's that's ultimately you know there needs to be a clear projection, a clear plan, and um, you know we we for ages we've just had you know spaghetti brains and just doing everything back to front for for a long long time, but now thankfully you know I think we're in a, a clearer place to 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 actually you know see the club get to a level it should be uh, competing at so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how some of the, the, the newer boys do. You know, I thought Woodburn done okay in his debut. I think it's clear that he's he's a little bit um a little bit much uh, lacking match sharpness, but um I mean he, he played 65, 70 minutes or whatever it was at Tandice and then he played uh, 15, 20 minutes for Wales the other night there. So um so getting him up to speed will, will be good. That adds a lot of depth to our, our, our front three. If they can get Barry Mackay as well, I think that would be another really good bit of business for the club. You know, he's a an energetic, creative player as well who could who could fire into that front three. And again, it just it just adds far more depth there, you know. I think a lot of people were a bit worried that we didn't maybe bring in another striker, but I think if you if you get Mackay, I think, you know, you've you've got a really good kind of base, you know, because you, you've got GMS, you've got Ginelli, you would then have Mackay, you've got Woodburn, and then you've got obviously Boyce and, and Nandalee in there, and I think that's a pretty good kind of front five, six that, that of options that you can you can choose, because you know, you're not always going to start with a front three, it might be a case that you maybe start with a few more midfielders, depending on who you're playing, you have these guys can come on, you know, we forget as well that Walker's still there as well, um, you know he's a player that can come on and, and do well. So I think I think we've got we've got plenty of options, um, in in the the kind of the, the front areas. And you know there's young kids as well who are on the cusp of potentially coming in. So I think the club's in in a good place. You know they could um, maybe add another goalkeeper would have maybe been nice. Maybe even in our centre half just to give us more options. Um, we've spoken about maybe right back, but I think you know. It's it's well touted, and I think Nielsen's talking about today how he sees Cammy Logan as a a natural replacement to Smith, and and hopefully that that comes the case because you still want to see young players break into the team and and come through and and be natural replacements because you don't want to be going in the windows signing seven eight players every every window. You know you want to get to a, a, a stage where we've got a settled eleven, and you're maybe only having to add one or two really good bits of bits of quality in there, you know, for any time you have to replace a player, you're bringing in someone better, you know, because you've got that investment behind you that you're actually able to do that. Um, so, listen, it's still going to take time, um, but I think we're in a good place and um, I would be, I'd be really disappointed if, if this team didn't get into Europe, to be honest with you. I think looking at and looking at the rest of the league, I think Hearts are in a good position and, and momentum's key in football, you know, although we weren't particularly pleased with last season, but it's still a team who won a, won a league, um, who will, will feel good about that. I've started the season well, um, only the one defeat in the cup, and that was narrowly at Parkhead. So they'll, they'll feel good about that. They'll feel that they can, you know, they've had some big results. And if they can go and get a win on Sunday, then, you know, you could really see them going on a, a run and, and being in a really good position come the turn of the year. You can obviously see there's a there's a clear structure now in the club that we probably didn't have um, even a year ago. 
Um, does that help with bringing in players? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to comment on. Is like the, the thing that's impressive most about this transfer window seems to be an actual clear plan, like rather than just who's available on Y Scout. Um, there seems to be a general like the the cal just by the caliber of the player we've been bringing in. It's not been rushed. These are guys that we've actually like Devlin, for example, seems to have been tracking him for quite a while. Beringa made Savage obviously knew a bit about his time down in England. Woodburn, most people knew about. We, we heard is a player we've actually heard of. Um, it seems to be that we've actually went and done a bit of research this time, and that is coming from the fact we have an actual football and structure, but a, a proper football department. Because um, Savage isn't just head of recruitment; he's not a he's not just a chief scout or anything. He's director of football, or whatever his official title is. But that that helps because it's a cohesive. Like he's obviously got a plan. That he's I'm assuming he's developed with a manager. I don't know the ins and outs of how this this works, but they've obviously set sat down at one point. I was getting a bit nervous about how long it was taking us to sign players. I will admit. But now that we have done it, I'm I'm impressed with what we've done. I'm glad we've taken the time rather than just getting to the week before the Celtic game. Oh no, we still need a striker. Let's just who's available. Set and that, but that seems to be the strategy we've done previously when we end up with fucking Demur and Whelan. Um, we just, we got to like two two games in the season. Went ah oh, shit, we do need a centre midfielder. Who's available? These two absolute donkeys. Um, Whelan was good five years ago. Um, I mean it was all right for us until he didn't get in the Ireland squad. But, um, but Demur was an absolute donkey. Who came for four years and rinsed us for quite a hefty wage for two and a half, um, but that doesn't seem to have happened. So I'm not saying every single player we've signed is going to be a success. There's there's no no club in the world, even with the most vast scouting network and unlimited funds, has a 100% record in transfers. So there will be there will be ship players, we'll sign ship players, but as long as the balance of ship players, the good players, outweighs the correct way, which hasn't the last few. I mean. The last few windows, it's been sign 11 players, two have been good, one or two has been average, and the rest have just been donkeys. And you repeat that every transfer window for four years and you're going to get relegated, which is what happened. Um, but now we have a clear, what appears to be a clear strategy, a clear structure there. I'm, I'm quite quite hopeful going forward that that's what's going to happen. And not just the incomings as well, but the outgoings. We got rid of a lot of deadwood that I didn't think we would have been able to get rid of. So you've got to give Savage a lot of credit for that as well. He's managed to get rid of some of these boards because I thought that was just going to sit there for another year and a half, two years and just see out his contract because why wouldn't you on the money he would have been on at so He's not going to get that anywhere else. But Savage has managed to get rid of him. He's cleared a fair few other high earners off the books. Um, so no, it's been it's been a successful transfer window around. I like the direction the club's heading in that department. I actually seemed positive for once. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, uh, we, we said when we were having a wee inquest last summer round about lockdown that it was probably going to take um, maybe three, four transfer windows for Hearts to actually rebuild due to the damage that, that Craig Levine had done. And obviously a few other names as well thrown into that, you know, John Murray and, and these kind of guys. Um and I think already, you know, it's what well, Savage had. I don't know if you can really give him the summer window um, last summer because I think he came in maybe around about the September October time. So I don't know how many players he brought in. I think most of them were were maybe Nielsen signings, but certainly the January window, you've seen kind of managing to get GMS in and and obviously Mac and F and um, they brought Nandale in as well. And then obviously you've seen this summer as well. Um, the, the, the level of player that they've brought in. And I think, you know, it's quite good that somebody like Savage has come in here and he, he's, he's looked at it subjectively and he's thought to himself, well, right, you know, because it would be easy for him to go in there and, and again, just bulldoze a, <clears throat> a squad aside and just say, right, well, you know, this side's not good enough. We need to sign 15, 20 players again. Um, but he's not done that. He's looked and he said, well, actually, you know, kind of got relegated and all this sort of thing. But they're there's still a decent level of player in there. You know, there's a lot of internationals. There's a decent pedigree. If we can maybe just, you know, cherry pick the the good ones and keep them and then get rid of some of the crap and then add quality in there. And, and that's what they've done. And, and you've got to give them enormous credit for that. You know, listen, as Calvin says, you know, it's not going to, everything's not going to be rosy and we're not going to go on and, and lift the title this season by any means. But, you know, I think that certainly in comparison to previous seasons, it's a, a much better standard of player that we have and you know the good thing is they can build on that so you know over the next few windows in the next few years hopefully we'll continue to see really top players join the club and we can get to a, a level of consistency where 
we're always in the top three and we're, you know, hopefully competing in Europe and hopefully we can get into Europe and, and do well in Europe and, and really see the club kind of grow and propel where we all hoped it would have been by now. So I think, you know, there's a real chance for the club to kick on and, and start achieving that now. And the key thing for it is, and we can talk about all the successes off the park, you know, new stands and, um you know, the, the fans being the owners and, and whatever. But if, if the team isn't performing on the park, none of that really matters. You know, I mean, we can talk about all we want, but ultimately what fans want, this is a football club. And ultimately the, the club's got to be doing well on the park and it hasn't been doing well on the park for a long, long time. They've clearly identified that. They've brought in people that they feel can change uh, that. And um, and I think Savage already, you can see the, the work that he's done in the transfer business you know, it's 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 already shown its light a little bit, but there's still a long way to go for them to, to continue to prove that the club is a good start. But, you know, listen, they go and lose on Sunday, then suddenly it's, uh, you know, it's panic stations again. So um, we'll, we'll have that in a caution, but I think at the moment it's certainly a really good start and um, and you can already see that the club is moving in the right direction. You mentioned briefly the, the fans now owning the club. David, is it quite encouraging that we've now got the people in place, you know, going into fan ownership, we've now got the people in place that, you know, actually know what they're doing with the club so we can have that model? Yeah, of course it is. You know, we've, uh, you don't want to get back to the days of being in countless amounts of debt and this, that and the next. You know, you want uh, people up at the top who know what they're doing, know how to run the club properly. Um, uh, and know how to get the right people in to, to help them along the way too. Um, and, you know, it was a, a great day, um, long time coming. Obviously, I reckon it would have been a lot sooner had the pandemic not struck um, 18 months ago. Um, but good to see that it's finally, you know, the, the loan's been done and it's done and dusted and, and the fans are now the major share, uh, shareholders of the club. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was good to see, um, you know, um, everyone kind of getting on board, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone getting on board with it. You know, looking forward to a bright future ahead for this club that's been um, that's been needed, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, we can back this up as, as Gordon says. We can back this up with a good team on the park that can that can get trophies and get the real proper feel good factor back. But this, you know, this is also just going to add to you know what a good start to the season this has been with the you know Foundation Day uh, on the thirty first of August. Um, you know, it was uh, I watched the uh, the the video, the kind of eight minute uh, video that Hearts tweeted in. I think you'd be a liar if you didn't say you were emotional watching it. Um, I mean, even Craig Gordon in the video looked like he was, uh, you know, emotional too. So, yeah, it really makes you proud um, to be a Hearts fan and watching that. And and as you said, Ross, if um, if you can get the right people to run the club properly, um, then there's no excuses why Hearts can't be a success. Simple as that. And why the Foundation Hearts can't be a success. You know, I think people have maybe. Uh, Turn their turn their noses up at you know the possibility of fan ownership and, and what that possibly means. But listen, there's it's becoming more more and more popular now for clubs. Um, you know, obviously now we're the biggest, and I imagine we won't be the biggest for too long. I'm sure there'll be other clubs, whether it be down south or abroad, that will become a fan owned model, and, and go with the model that we've 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 undertaken. So, yeah, um, you know, you can only really speak about it in a positive light. And um, as you say, Gordon, if we can get a team on the park, and as it looks like we hope to do now. A team that can back it up with trophies and success, then you know, as a Hearts fan, all you can do is smile. Really simple as that. Well, yeah, it's something the club have been working towards uh, for a long time. I think a lot of people were maybe a bit skeptical about how it would work, um, particularly in the early years. But you know, credit to the the, the supporters who pledge. You know, that's one thing about the Hearts fans. You know, they're a very loyal bunch, and um, and they will throw their pennies. Uh, some of them, their last pennies right at the football club um, because it's a way of life, you know, it's not just a hobby, it's, uh, it generally is a way of life, you know. Um, people would sell their houses to make sure that, that Tynecastle could, you know, still, still, we still see those maroon and white jerseys um, on the park. So, uh, yeah, what's an enormous credit to, to, to the foundation and, and, you know, I think with the right structure, as as David says, you know, I think it can can be a success. You know, I mean, I think fan ownership. I mean, a lot of people looked at it and says, well, you know, the fans will make the decision, all this sort of thing. But it's it's not the case. You know, it'll still be the same as any other football club. But you know, the fans plough in the majority of the income. You know, it's just instead of having you know an owner 
who's the main benefactors, it's the fans. So it's no different from how any other football club would run. If anything, you know, the, the good thing about fan ownership is if things aren't, you know, going well, then, you know, the fans have, you know, their voice hopefully will, there'll be more of a safe uh, for them, you know, they, they, they can voice their opinion and they can, you know, um, actually influence, not influence to an extent where, you know, you lose one game and they want manager out. Um, it's a case that you know that if something's seriously wrong, then then the fa- the fans have that voice and, and they feel that you know they can actually do something. I think it connects the football club to the support even more. So yeah, I think going forward, hopefully it'll, it'll be really good for the football club and um, you know hopefully it can be a massive uh, a massive success story. Obviously, the derby is on Sunday, and um, massive game, both teams at the top of the table, Calvin, and. Um, it's a huge game for Hearts, this, like any derby, it's a huge game. But, you know, it'll really, if we do get a win, it'll really be a signal of intent, you know, looking for that European place, beating Hibs on Sunday, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it's massive. It feels like one of the biggest league derbies in a long time because um, we're both we're both actually doing really well, both top of the league, joint top. They've also had a far, far easier start of the season than we have. Um, but it would be a massive statement to go out and win that. Because we go, a, a, we win it, we go three points clear at the top of the league, which is, I'm not expecting us to win the league, but it, it's, it shows a proper bit of ambition there. Um, B, it would, it would kind of signal almost, I know obviously we beat Celtic, got a result against Aberdeen, set up. I think this would almost signal like a full return to like, this is us back, back where we should be, because we've not beaten them at home in far too long. I know we've had a decent few, a decent run down Easter Road recently, we beat them at Hamden, etc. but we've not beaten them at home in ages. Um, so it would signal a real, a real sort of statement that like this is us, we're back doing what we should do, which is beating them every time we play them. Um but I'm not um yeah, I, I just can't wait. I think it's I am buzzing for it now, it's only it's still a week away. Um yeah, yeah, it's a massive, massive game. It's uh it's, it'll be a great occasion to be at Gordon, considering it's the first derby with fans since the, the last time we won against them at Easter Road. Well, it's only a great occasion if you win the game. Um, and as Calvin says, you know, I think it's a it's a massive uh, indication of where Hearts are as a team. Um, I know, you know, obviously you've said the Hibs had an easier start, and I think on paper they have, but, you know, you can only beat what's in front of you. And, um, and Hibs are a side who finished third last season. Um, but I still think Hearts are a better team than them. Um, and I think even last season, Hearts were a better team than them, even though they were in two different divisions. I just think, um, you know, they were, listen, you can't take away from them finishing third, but at the end of the day, you know, they they didn't really get too much of a challenge. You know, they were playing against a, an Aberdeen team who were in transition. You know, St. Johnson had a poor start to the season. You feel if they had maybe um, started the season how they finished it, they might have been the side that had finished third. You know, I think, but although they finished third, they aren't the the third best team in the league, and I think it's you know a real kind of it's a real chance for both sides to sort of take that mantle and say, well, actually, no, we we believe we are because both both clubs will believe that the the third best teams in the league, um, but I think it's up to the the the, the teams to go and prove that, and I think you know Sunday's a it's a listen, it's first derby of the season, it's at home, the atmosphere will be electric. I just hope it doesn't become a traditional damp squibber and uh, and both sides, you know, set up and play for a draw, which you can see happening, really, to be honest with you. I'm, I hate to burst everybody's excitement bubble, but, you know, we've kind of seen what, what, what happens in, in these games, particularly under, you know, Nielsen and, and Ross. You know, they're not exactly the most expansive managers, are they? So I think both will, will maybe go in there to try and feel each other out and, wouldn't shock me if we don't have a shot of goal until the second half. I just think it could be potentially one of those games. I'm sorry, but um, I think it's it's maybe even got draw over it. But I'd love to be wrong. I'd love Hearts to go out there and, and wipe the floor with them and and you know get an early goal, get the you know the atmosphere absolutely rocking, get everybody up for it. Because I think Hearts have got the players to do that. I think they've got the flair players there. You know, these are games that, that you want to see. You know, Ginelli and and even Woodburn if he starts and GMS. You know, you want to see these guys really um, come come to the front line here and, and take the game by the scuff of the neck and and go and win it for you. You know, that's when you want your big players to turn up because I think, you know, 
obviously Nisbet's a, a very dangerous player. We hope that Boyle will be out because, you know, he, he did go for Australia the night there. But, you know, and then you look at the, the rest of their team, you know, there's not too many kind of major threats that I look at them and go, oh, I'll watch out for him and watch out for him. I just think, you know, Hearts have the more dangerous players. And I think if, if they go there and they set up in a way which um, can attack and, and really have a go at Hibs, because Hibs defensively are a poor side. You know, they are. I mean, Dundee should have been 3-0 up against them in their last away game, but Dundee didn't put the ball in the net. I feel like if we get those chances, we'll score them. Um, so I think we should just come out come out the traps flying, get the crowd right behind you, early goal, get everybody up for it. I'll, I'll be really frustrated, not surprised, but really frustrated if we set up quite tight and, and we don't start the game um, on the front foot and it becomes one of these, you know, tactical battles and in the end it just becomes a draw, um, which I can see happening, unfortunately. But um, listen, it's a really good opportunity for, for Hearts to... to put their foot down and and really make it a huge result and a, a big start to the season. I think I, I think I looked at this last year before the, the derby and the cup, the cup semi-final. It, it's sort of like the two from the Craig Levine School of Management. You know, it, it, it does have a draw. It could have a draw written all over it, but you'd hope Hearts would go out and, um, you know, take, take the game by the scruff of the neck, David. Yeah, that's what you want to see, especially at home at Tincastle. You want to see Hearts take every game by the scuff of the neck, let alone an Edinburgh derby. Um, you know, I think the atmosphere will be electric, uh, albeit it's probably the worst time for a kickoff. I hate Sunday lunch times, um, especially for derbies, but I still think the atmosphere will be amazing. Um, obviously, a sellout, and then the last 500 tickets went in the blink of an eye. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll. Uh, It'll definitely be an interesting game. I'm not sure if it'll be one for the ages because I think, as we've alluded to, both managers, uh, you know, they, 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 when it comes to a big game, there's not a lot of football played. Uh, it definitely becomes more of a physical game than it does a, a, a game of actual getting the ball and actually playing the, the sport. But, um, yeah, I, I'm kind of of the same mindset as Gordon's that I could see this just kind of, fizzling out to be a nil-nil. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a great game and obviously I hope Hearts come out on the, the winning end of it. Um, but, you know, we've been saying that. The last time these two met, it was a Scottish Cup semi-final and it was a brilliant Edinburgh derby. Albeit the first half was maybe not great, but the second half was superb and obviously uh, ended out well for us. So, albeit, fingers crossed, the same can happen again. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if both managers will be quite happy with a point and I think they both would be. Um especially given, you know, top of the table, no ground loss, this, that, next thing. But, you know, it'll be tough. I think, obviously, hoping that the the, the Tincastle crowd can, you know, spark a little bit of something, get get some of the flizz. We mentioned, you know, we have the we have the players that can get, you know, bums off seats and can get the crowd excited. So, hopefully, they can turn up and do the business. We've seen Ginelli, you know, um, create numerous chances. Obviously, came off the bench, got an assist there against Dungeon United and obviously, came off the bench against Celtic at halftime and, and created a, a penalty um, straight off the bat. So, you know, it's one of those things that it might just be one bit of individual brilliance that might separate the two teams. Because um, as you say, you know, if, if uh, you know Hearts have the players and Hibs do have some quality players, I don't think we can deny that, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, I'd be going right in for Porteous, get him wound up, get him sent off because he's clearly crap. You know, Ryan Scotland cap Porteous, you must be joking me, honestly. I've seen ch- children defend better than that fraud. So I'd like to get stuck in at him nice and early. I think he's rubbish. Paul Hanlon. I mean, it just reminds me of Christoph Berner now. The man can't turn. I don't think he even plays for them anymore. You know, listen, their back four's poor and I'd be going right in for them. I don't think, I, I think, you know, the boys, Mackay, Stephen, Ginelli, you know, especially, you know, I'll, I'll say it again, Porteous. He's, he's rubbish. I mean, I don't, I'd, I'd literally, to this day, don't know how folk can say he's, he's worthy of a Scotland cap. I, I, I don't know what player they'd be watching. But every time I've seen him, he makes a mistake or he gets sent off because he's cause he's a hoodie. So um, yeah, that would be if I, if I was Nielsen, I'd be saying, look, get him wound up, get him in the book early on, and then get someone to stick on him and then wind him up again. You'll get sent off because he's an idiot. Um, and it might end up being a stupid mistake rather than individual brilliance that caught that cost the team. But yeah, that would be my tactic. But that's just you know, I've not got my coaching badges, so what do I know? Lucky you don't, because the encouragement you're giving me the, these Hibs players is terrible. <laughs> they're gonna have they're gonna have that coat on the dressing room wall. They're just gonna play you. <laughs> I want to get right in their head, smashing. But Calvin, 
given it's a home derby, it has to be how how hearts play, doesn't it? We have to go out and attack and we have to get the crowd, you know, going in this game, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what Gordon's saying about you can see it being a cagey affair and almost I think that entirely depends on how we do it because I think Kibbs will because because they're an away because they're an away team, the way Jack Ross generally sets up his teams anyway, I think they will play it quite tight, try and make sure we don't come flying out the traps. Because if we get an early goal with a full capacity crowd, first derby with fans back, the players we've got that can hurt them, like, it could get... The last thing they'll want to do, it's the, it's the last thing we want to do, but the last thing they'll do, like, from their point of view, is concede an early goal and get Tynecastle even more more on top of them, because it could crumble there. Um, so I think they will be quite cagey, I think. And I think if we go cagey as well, it's got that possibility of, like, as Gordon says, nobody getting a shot on target in the first 45 minutes. But we need to not do that. We need to go there and just play our own game. Do what we've done against Celtic. Do what we've done there. Come at home, sorry, not at Parkhead. That was awful. But at the first game at Tynecastle, go out and try and just... Because even before we scored against Celtic in the first game, we were all over them for the first 10, 15 minutes. I wasn't there. You fortunately were. But I'd imagine the crowd was just going absolutely nuts at that point. And if that's for 5,000 fans, we're doing that with 15,000 Hearts fans. 16,000 Hearts fans, and we're on top of them, then we could, and as David, David's highlighted, their, their defence is poor. Like, I know I know some of his some of his comments there might, <laughs> might be a bit close to the bone, but he's you've not wrong. You've put it a lot more eloquently there than David did. But he's not wrong. Like, fundamentally, he isn't wrong. Portis is a bomb scare. He's absolutely, you need to just get boys on, get Ginelli trying to jink past them or Mackay. Mackay Stevens won two penalties by getting players to make stupid mistakes in two games. Right? So just get him to start doing that to Portis because Portis will make a stupid mistake. He'll get, if we're piling the pressure on, he'll do something rash. He'll either get himself booked for something stupid, he might give away a penalty. A sending off's not beyond the, realms, beyond the realms of possibility with him because he has got sent off in big games before for him by just losing the heat. Paul Hanlon is awful. He was terrible when he was young. He's even worse now. McGregor is. You know, I'm not going to go into ins and outs of Hibs' defence. They're poor. They're, they're, there to get, they're there to get at. Hibs' main strengths are in the forward areas. So Boyle is a really good player. There's absolutely no taking that away from him. I really hope he is out. Um, because he's. if you look at every Hibs game this season, he's been a difference for them in every game. You take him out of the team and Hibs... Nisbet's a good player. Um, their midfield, I don't know enough about their midfield, to be honest, to make a comment. But that defence is there to be got at. If we can come flying out in the first 10, 15 minutes, get the crowd behind us, get in behind them, make them make stupid mistakes early on, get them rattled. I think there is a possibility there we could we could really do them some damage. But the flip side of that is if we go out and we sit there cagey, we let Boyle get in behind us, for example, they'll grow in confidence and then it just becomes one of those turgid nil-nil derbies that have happened far too many times. Um, I don't mind that necessarily Easter Road as much because it's the reverse. You, you don't want to consider an early goal there. But yeah, no, we need to just we can we need to put our own stamp on the game early and just let them get in their heads, try and just make them crumble. Who are the key men for Hearts? Front three. I mean, you're aside from Gordon, obviously. Hope, hopefully, he's not going to be tested too much. Hopefully, has a very quiet afternoon. But the front three there, Janelle Boyce and Mackay Stephen. The, the, there's pace there. There's skill. I mean, would but saying that I'm saying Janelle. Mackay Stephen Boyce, he might play Woodburn. Like I'm not, I'm not sure what what we Robbie will do it. Um, but there's a lot of pace to be had there, and the Hibs defence isn't exactly quick. So I think that that's where the that's where the thing like the, the sort of danger, not danger. That's where the the key lies for us. You hope Benny continues his great run of form because if if we can just if he can dictate the midfield like that and allow Mackay Stevens, Boyce, and Janelle or whoever we play in the front three to just keep up the field and just keep the pressure on, then I think we've got a really good chance. Yeah, I mean, listen. I think, I think it'll either be nil nil or five nil at Hearts, especially the way you know, just just the way obviously we're we're talking here. I think it's either going to be one of the two. I don't think there's going to be any in betweens, either nil nil or five nil. Um, hopefully it's the five, but uh, I think if I was a betting man, uh, I think my money would probably be going in the nil nil. But that's just me being a typical Hearts fan, isn't it? You know. Um, but yeah, listen. You know, I think we, we clearly can have a go at them. You know, defensively, I think they're they're a poor side. They've been a poor side for a long, long time at the back. But I think last season, because they had dangerous players going forward, they didn't get tested enough. But I think you know when when they do play, I mean, listen, that, that semi final, it showed showed up for me. You know, I think Hearts, um, 
they didn't really do much for the first sort of 55 minutes and then they made the change they brought Nasey on and Harren on and then after that there was only one team that was going to go and win that you know um, so for me you know I think obviously Hibs of Deutsch is out with the um, with his you know his physicality up front you know I think they, they'll, they'll miss him you know I think Nisbet although he, he carries a lot of threat I think he's a player as well that could get quite easily isolated didn't have the best game for Scotland last night I wasn't too impressed with him it's the first time I've kind of seen him in the flesh. I wasn't overly impressed with him. Um, I think, uh, although he's a dangerous player, I think hopefully Boyle is out because, as, as Calvin says, he, he, he's their, their danger man. Um, but I still think even if he makes it, Hearts can, you know, keep him quiet. I mean, he played... I mean, he's, he's not really done... I mean, apart from the Boxing Day game at Tynecastle, he's never really done anything in derbies, to be honest. Um, I think sometimes Jack Ross plays him in a kind of deeper role, which he did for the semi-final, which I was quite surprised that he played more of a kind of win-back role, which was quite surprising. So if Hearts can, you know, certainly stretch the game and um, have them scramble a little bit and having guys like him having to do more defence work than than actually being dangerous going forward, then then they should be OK, because I think Hearts have got the defence to deal with it. Um, you know, I think the, the last time has won at Tynecastle, it was down to two people, Christoph Berra and Joel Pereira. Simple as that, you know. Um, I think they 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 just calamity in defence. Better in particular was at fault for for both goals. So, you know, I feel that we've got a stronger defence now. Um, I think you know, being at home, I think the first derby in front of fans, uh, for for a while. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, if we start well, get the fans. Because I mean, as Calvin said, that that Celtic game, I mean, we we bit uh, and. You know, when Hearts went one 0 up, that you would have thought there was fifteen thousand fans in, in in the ground, and you know if we have fifteen thousand, then hopefully it'll, it'll send like thirty. And um, yep, just get right in about them. Typical derby, and uh, and Hearts have got a big opportunity to be brave and and get a really big result, and you know one that can hopefully uh, kick us on. David, do you see Hibs getting a win at Tin Castle? Well, doesn't happen very often, does it? Um... So, I mean, I've only seen it once, uh, twi- twice in my lifetime, uh, games I've been to. Um, albeit this is probably the strongest Hibs team that will come to Tynecastle, but this is probably one of the stronger Hearts teams that they'll come up against. So, it'll be um, it'll be interesting, but I'm going to be optimistic and say, no, I will not see them win at Tynecastle uh, on Sunday. And uh, if they do, well, I'll be on the podcast next week. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, 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 just don't see it. I don't think Jack. I, I just don't think they quite have enough to do it. I could, I could be completely wrong. I hope I'm not, obviously. But I just, even if they are, even if they were the best thing since sliced bread as a football team, they're still Hibs. You know, at the end of the day, you can't forget how you know mentality-wise, the you know the bottle merchant tag will never leave them. Um, and you know we've seen some, you know. Talk about the relegation derby is that the be all and end all of big bottle jobs um, at Tincastle. So I personally don't see it, and I think we'll scrape it one nil, um, with a slightly early prediction from me there. But that's just that's just the way I see it. I've got a vision. I'll ask everyone else for the prediction then. <laughs> I'm gonna go with David. I one nil as well. I think it'll be. I think yeah, I, I would go one nil. I think we'll either score early and do what we always do which is then sit back or it'll be a very cagey affair and we'll won that one in the last 10 minutes I don't see it I mean Derby's very rarely become high scoring affairs um, it just doesn't happen very often as much as I wish it was more often than not um, yeah I just I would like us to go out there and absolutely ram them we, have, we do have the capability to do it but I, I don't think we will I think the way we'll set up I think it'll be a lot cagier than I would like it to be Um and we'll either nick at early doors and sit in and defend, or we'll sort of go toe to toe with them for 80 minutes and score early on. That's my predictions. 5 0. I'm, I, that's the one I'm going for. I know I'm just contradicted everything I just said, but I'm going 5 0. 5 0. 5 0. Get your money on it, I'm telling you. I just don't think we have five goals in us against him, so I might be wrong. I'm telling you, you you watch this. Honestly, I'll I'll be the smug one next week. Are you actually going to put a bet on that? 
No, I don't bet on derbies. <laughs> well, well, I, I think it'll either be two 0 or nil nil for me. Yeah, I think I think nil nil. I'm 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 still keeping my nil nil in my back pocket, but uh, it'll either be five or nil. How, how can you say five or nil nil though? Because I just think that's what type of heart, uh, team hearts hearts potentially are. Eh? Um, I think I think they can they'll either be depending on what way they set up. I just think you know they've got the capabilities to absolutely tear hips to shreds. I just think you know if Hearts get an early goal, I think they'll just keep going, and um, particularly in the first half, where I think you know maybe if it stayed one nil for a long time, it could maybe become a different game. But I just I don't know. I've just got a funny feeling that Hibs will implode a little bit. Eh? You know, I think maybe you know there could be a wee error, a wee maybe an early red card, and you know I don't know. I mean, derbies are funny games. You know, what I mean they're not like normal games. Sometimes teams take their foot off the gas, but generally in a derby, you know. Players will leave it out there right until the last minute. Um, so, who knows? You know, who knows? I think it's... I mean, because I, I just have um, thoughts of Nielsen's first Dundee derby at, at Tannadice and Dundee United absolutely battered Dundee 6-2. I've just got visions of that. You know what I mean? Um, I know I know. we say he's not the most expansive manager, and he's not, but I could... I, could, I don't know. I could just see him get a wee result like that. Eh, I think, you know... Um, and, and he'll know himself what a huge game it is for him. Um, you know, the fans hated him the first time because of his derby record. So um, he obviously managed to rectify that by winning the semi-final slightly. But, you know, he probably is one bad result away from from the plane being dusted off and, and coming out again. So um, for him, he'll know himself that derbies are, are, are the big, big ones for him, especially at home. And he's never lost a home derby, actually, in fairness to him. So um, hopefully, you know, he can... Uh, yeah, let's let's just hope that he uh, he sets his team up to to absolutely uh, get stuck in because if they start the same way they did against Celtic, then I could see Hearts getting an early goal and then hopefully it goes from there. But listen, derbies are funny games, so that's why it'll either be five 0 or 0 nil. See, I thought we'd get through a podcast without you sort of talking about Robbie out, but there we go. We got to the end of the show and you you, you gave us the line. Um, thanks, guys, for joining us this week. Um, yeah, hopefully we get a win on Sunday and continue to be top of the league. Until next week, goodbye. <laughs>